You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Tonight, I want to minister to you on what I've entitled Manifest. Say Manifest. I want to show you tonight how to manifest the will of God in your life, how to manifest divine prosperity, how to manifest divine healing, how to manifest peace in your home, how to manifest the joy of the Lord. How do I manifest that in my life tonight? And I want you to write this statement down because it's a powerful statement. Belief is more powerful than actions. In other words, the beliefs that you establish through hearing of the gospel are far more important than any action that you'll ever do. And when I say that, I, I want to make something clear about why this is so important. Because when one's beliefs are, or how do I say this, when a belief turns into a conviction concerning God's will, God's will will always manifest. In other words, when you take a belief in the Word of God and you establish it inside of your heart and that becomes a, a, a conviction that you have, that will in fact propel the will of the Lord in your life and the will of the Lord will always, 100% of the time, manifest in your life. Manifest in your marriage, manifest in your career, manifest with your kids every time. But you have to get what I call a belief to a place where it becomes a conviction. Now let me show you, show you, show you this in a kind of an illustration. I've been ministering to people a long time, so I've seen this. I've seen people in church that on their career, they are very successful. And if an opportunity comes up, they, they take it, and it seems like favor just follows them in that area. But I've seen the same individual in his own home life not have that type of success. I've seen them very successful on their career, but yet in home, they're constantly having a conflict with their spouse, even to the point that they're maybe on the second marriage or even third marriage, and having problems with their children. And I often said, well, why is that? I mean, very uh, anointed and blessed when it came to making money and doing what they were skilled to do, but... It's not there. And here's what you'll always discover is the reason behind it. In their career or whatever they do, they develop this belief system that came from the Word and also from people commenting to them. Man, you do a good job. Oh, you can do that. Uh, you are really good at that. And a belief turns into a conviction. I can do that. Powerful. And that begins to open doors and attract the success that they have in their career. But at home, they've had some conflicts, some problems. And instead of someone saying, you're great at being a spouse, it's like, you never listen to me. You know, you don't understand me. And so many times in that struggle when we're trying to get good at something because we've been discouraged, we accept a belief about ourselves that isn't biblical. And it becomes a conviction. 
She never listens to me anyway when I talk to her. And here's the thing. Whatever your belief system is, it will always multiply according to itself. So if I have a belief system, I can do it in my career, whatever, that will multiply back to me. But it also works on the negative side. You can have a belief that my wife never listens to me. She'll never understand me. My kids will never understand me. And that, my friend, will multiply back to you. And you'll find yourself in that area. Instead of goodness and favor following you, curses seem to follow you. So tonight as we look at this, I want you to ask yourself this question. What areas is the will of God not manifesting in your life? What areas is it? Is it in your relationships? Is it in your career? Is it, is it in your social life? What areas? Because whatever area it's not manifesting in, it's because your belief has wavered in that area and you've accepted a belief that is multiplying all the time in your life. I mean, you ever meet someone that says this, I'm always late and they're always late? Or I'm never on time and they're never on time? That isn't because there's some supernatural power making them late. It's because they've accepted a certain kind of belief that multiplies back to them. Is it not? We're going to get set free. Can you say amen, everybody? All right. I want you to look with me over to Matthew chapter 8, and I want you to see this, and I want you to remember this. The psalm says, whatever you put your hand to do will prosper. That means you can prosper in your marriage. That means you can prosper in your health. That means you can prosper in your finances. It means you can prosper in any area in your life. It isn't, well, I'm blessed here and I'm not. No, 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 no. You can if you develop the right belief system. Amen? But look what it says. This is a beautiful story. When he had come down from the mountain, talking about Jesus, a great multitude followed him. And behold, a leopard came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and he touched him, saying, I am willing be cleansed. And immediately his lepr leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said unto him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priests, offer a gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, what I want you to see is a couple things. Number one, here is a leper. Leprosy, there was no cure during this time that Jesus was healing people of this disease. And if you felt like you had been healed from it, you had to be approved by the priests who then could bring you back into the social arena with the children of Israel or with whatever village it was. And so it was very, very important that if you were a leper, you were in isolation. You, all you could do is hang around with the lepers. You couldn't see your family uh, unless they had leprosy. And, and so you were forced into poverty, forced into isolation, and this is the man, and it, and it tells us in other scriptures that he had a really bad case of leprosy, which means he's probably deformed, he's probably got ears that fall, fallen off or chewed off by rats, because leopards, what would happen is they would uh, go to sleep and rats would chew off their toes and all that because they don't feel anything. 
And so he's really in a crisis situation. And he comes to Jesus, and he knows that God is able, but he doesn't know if God is willing to do it for himself. And my friend, that is the difference between manifestation and no manif- manifestation. People that are not, the people that say, well, I know God's able to save. God's able to do that. Well, that won't help you a bit. God does not manifest with people who just believe he can do it. You got to get into the will, word of God until you know the will of God and you know that God wants you, your name, your address, your place to get delivered, to get set free. And once you know that, you can expect the will of God to always win out in your life in a great way. Now, Jesus confirmed this two ways. First of all, he touched them. You don't touch a leper if they have leprosy. And then he spoke the word and said, I'm willing. So he got what he needed. He found the will of God to the point that he knew it was God's will to heal him. And as soon as he did, he could receive that belief. And as soon as he believed that, uh, uh, that truth, then all of a sudden the will of God was manifested. The will of God will be manifested in your finances once you believe that God wants to prosper you, not someone else, you. The Lord will manifest your healing once you know that God wants to heal you, not just someone else, but you. And, 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 and this is every aspect of the word. And so sometimes when I preach, I assume that you've read the verse in a way where you realize it's for you. So just in case, let me remind you. 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes we were healed. He didn't say by his stripes some of us were healed. Peter said by his stripes we were, all of us, healed on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. James, who's ministering to 90,000 people in his church, because they had it in Jerusalem, he said this, if anyone is sick, which is a terrific statement, today's church, everybody seems to be sick. He said, if anyone is sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. And then he makes this powerful statement. The prayer of faith will save the sick. He didn't say the prayer of faith will get some of you, but some of you won't get it. He said the prayer of faith would save the sick. And if you committed any sins, God would forgive you and God would raise you up. So the, so the, so the scriptures emphasize that Jesus one time healed everyone. And then the scripture says it was so that it might be fulfilled. Himself took up our infirmities and bore away our sicknesses. In other words, one includes everyone. Now, we don't have a problem believing that God forgives all of our sins. We do have a problem believing that God heals all of our diseases. Say amen, everybody. That's good preaching. But David knew it. This is before the better covenant was put into practice. He says, you forgive all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. Hallelujah. So you have to get to a place in the will of God that you are fully convinced 
that it is his will for you personally in your life. I said personally in your life. God's interested in your health personally in your life. He's interested in prospering you personally in your life. Well, I don't know about that divine prosperity. You know, I know that some people, you know, they, God gives them more money than other people. Now, wait a minute. It is true that some people have different gifts that bring in more money, but God always, it's his will to prosper you in your life. Amen. Always. There's never a doubt about it. Now, if there is, you won't be able to develop a belief system that becomes a conviction that attracts that manifestation of God touching what you put your hand to do. Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord makes, or uh, the blessing of the Lord makes one's rich and he adds no sorrow to it. How many know Ephesians 1.3 says you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing? So we have that blessing that I just quoted to you in Proverbs. Psalm 35.27 says that the Lord delights in the prosperity of his servant. Now, those, both of those are Old Testament. So let's go to the New Testament. New Testament, John's Gospel chapter, or the th uh, th uh, third, third John, verse 2 says this. I pray, beloved, that you may prosper in all things and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Now, John is one of the oldest apostles. He lived to be 100 years old, and he knew it was God's will to prosper the people in the church. Amen? Now, there's more. One of my favorite verses is in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Uh, that chapter is talking about see, see, uh, sowing seed and getting increase from it. And here's, how, here's what the verse says. It says, we know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, who though he was poor or rich, he became poor in order that through his poverty we might become rich and there's no doubt about it, that whole chapter is about sowing money and getting money back in increase. Hallelujah. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be a billionaire, but it does mean that God will supernaturally prosper you. That's what that means. So, if I want to manifest increase in my life, and I'm here to tell you that it does work. Church gives me a salary, but God has prospered me way beyond the salary. When I was having some problems with my voice, I, need, I spent, I don't know, was it forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 going to specialists to see what was wrong. And the money came in, not because I told the church or asked anybody for any money. It just came in supernaturally. Can you say amen? amen. I have three cars now that were given to me. Say Amen. And I don't ask for cars. I don't say, well, pastor needs, no, I don't do that. I pray for things and God ministers. The point I'm trying to tell you, but I've been in the ministry a long time, so you got, should expect some supernatural increase from the Lord. My point is, you have to develop a belief inside of you that becomes a conviction that you believe that it is God's will for you to get ahead, to succeed, and you have to develop that belief with inside of you. And when you do, it attracts beyond the normal but supernatural 
increase in your life if that's the case or peace in your home because I want you to get this the will of God never ever fails when we put our faith in it but the will of God will not work unless you put your faith in the will of God you have to be fully persuaded it's God's will and if you do and you don't waver his will will always win in your life look at this verse Jeremiah Chapter 1, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. He didn't say he was watching over your family. He didn't say he was watching over your body. He didn't say he was watching over your kids. It said he's watching over the word to manifest it. He's waiting for someone to embrace the word of God in their heart, knowing his will, and God is watching over that to manifest this, manifest that, manifest this, manifest that. He's, he's doing that. And I love that because we get the idea that God just kind of does things indiscriminately, but he works through his word. Isaiah 55, 11 says that when his word goes forth, it will not return void. In other words, God's will in your heart that you believe will never, ever not manifest. His will always wins. It doesn't win some of the time. It wins all the time. If you don't waver in what you're doing in your life. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says that we know that the worlds were formed by the word of God. Notice, by the word of God. And the word there for worlds is not cosmos, speaking of world system. It's another Greek word that speaks of ages. In other words, futures are formed in our life from the word of God that's in your heart. That word changes the future. I said it changes the future. It changes the outcome. It changes your life. Now, in America today, we have a lot of issues. And a lot of Christians think it's just getting worse. That's only because we're not using our faith. If we use our faith, we can put that stuff to death. We've got to use our faith. Jesus was concerned about this because he said this. He said, when he returns to the earth, will I find faith? Without faith, you can't change government. You can't change laws. You can't change the future. You've got to exercise faith. That's why during the Great Tribulation, it happens because the church is raptured out of this world, and there is no force to keep the Antichrist in check. But we are still here. As long as I'm still here, I'm going to occupy Amen. But the manifest or the manifestation of God's will will always occur when you have a belief that becomes a conviction in your heart and you hold to that conviction. God's will will not return void. It'll always accomplish something. It'll always do whatever you're believing for. It never, ever fails. Your will might, but not his will. Your will can fail all the time, but not his will. 
If we got God's will on it, we can do it. What does the Bible say? All the promises, not three quarters, are yes. Hallelujah. But pastor, I know people that have done this and done that. Listen, you can never base your faith on other people's successes or failures. You have to base it purely on the word. Jesus never failed at anything. That means if I can get inside, if I can operate inside of Christ and I can live the way he tells me to live with the beliefs that he has, I won't fail either, praise God. Amen. Now, here's something that I want to just mention to you, and that is this. How many know that faith is something that every person has? I said every one of you. Say it with me. Everybody's got faith. Now, you're doubting, but let me tell you why. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2 says, not all men have faith. But if you look out in the Greek, it says not all men have the faith. We all have faith. The problem is most of us put faith in what science says, put faith in what it looks like, puts faith in what someone said, put faith in what the majority says, and our faith is exercised that way. But when you believe the word, you place your faith in what isn't, what isn't seen. It's what the word of God says. It doesn't matter if science agrees with it. And that faith everyone has that we can use. And here's the truth that's beautiful about this. God will never strip you of your will. He'll never take away your will. We were created in the image and likeness of God, which means when God created creation, he created a creation that has its own will. But when we will to believe in God's will, that will will never, ever fail in your life. It won't fail in your marriage. It won't fail with your kids. It won't fail anywhere in your life when you do it. But God will not strip you of your will. In fact, let me, let me say this to you from this perspective. Maybe this will help. The manifestation that I like to talk about, about the will of God is simply this. God's will is for you to be healed, prosperous, peace in your home. These are things that is will. But God will not make you believe him for it. He won't force you to believe him for it. And this gets to a very important point. You ever hear this from the preacher? God controls everything? Where in the word of God does it say that God controls everything? Where does it say it? No, that's theology. There's a difference between the gospel that came from God and the gospel of men. The reality is God does not control everything in this planet because he won't take away your free will. Think about it. But here's something you, that really shakes you up is this. It's true. I have the free will. I can do what I want. I can obey him or disobey him. I can do what I want. He's not going to take that away from me. But at the end of the age, I, he will hold me accountable for his will. 
In other words, he's going to judge me for what I did in this life if I don't submit to his will. But right now, I have the will. You have the will. You can run off, leave your wife, leave your husband, go out and take some drugs. You can do whatever you want. But we get this idea that God is controlling everything when God wants to control through his will, but he can't control through his will until you believe his will. Once you believe his will, now he can begin to control your family. Now he can begin to control your business. Now he can begin to control this because you're believing his word. You've got to believe his word. That's where God begins to reign in the church and reign in your family and reign. Come on, that's how he reigns. And I know this is true because I've seen it so often. And let me give you a couple of verses. Ezekiel 18.23 says that he finds no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And 2 Peter 3.9 says God's not willing that any should perish. If God was controlling everything, there wouldn't be anybody on this planet that wouldn't eventually get saved. But we know from Scripture there's going to be people that are going to die without Christ and go to Hades, and then at the great judgment, they're going to end up in the lake of fire. We know that from Scripture. So he can't be controlling everything because it's never God's will that the wicked perish. It's never God's will that people don't repent and come to Christ. Never God's will. So he can't be controlling everything. So if you got in an auto accident, don't say that God put you in the accident. People making choices made the accident. Are we all getting get, get quiet here tonight or give God praise? I'm, t- I'm telling you, this, this, once you get this, you realize his will will not reign in my family until I believe his word. Once I believe his word, then healing can reign in my family. Once I believe his word, then his grace can can reign in my marriage or can reign in raising my kids. But i got to believe his word first to get the results of the reigning. You know there's people that are Christians that have been saved for years and have never experienced divine healing since they've been saved. You know that? There are people that have been Christians for years that can't come back and say, you know, God supernaturally provided this for me and explain it to you in some supernatural way how God did it. Never experienced it. See, I want manifest. I want his will to manifest in my marriage. I want it to manifest in my body. I want it to manifest in my, what I do, preaching. I want it to manifest. It won't do if I don't believe. And Joyce and I, we, you know, of course we've been saved a while, but I mean, both of my kids were healed. Uh, the doctor wanted to put tubes in their ears, and, and I prayed, and, and God healed both of them. Another time, my daughter, she had uh, something wrong with her ovary or whatever, and, and they were going to cut, cut it out, and the doctor said, I'm not sure she's going to be able to have a baby. After this, we prayed in faith, and she's got three kids now. My wife was healed. Uh, you've heard this story before with, with shrimp and crabs. She was allergic to it where she couldn't breathe, and God healed her of that. 
I was healed of allergies. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, it's normal. But yeah, there's many people in the church, and they're not bad people. Don't understand, they're not bad people. The problem is, if we look at the Word and go, well, God sometimes does and sometimes don't, it won't work. You have to first find His will, and then be fully persuaded that it's His will for your house to prosper, your house to walk in divine health, your house to overcome these marriage issues, your house, your kids. And then once you do that, you start seeing results. Now, sometimes we lose them because we waver. Because again, Satan loves to send you through a trial and you experience a failure and a failure and a failure and a failure. And you start thinking, well, maybe I don't have it for this. And you accept a belief that attracts that in your life. And then you tell people, well, you know, I'm just not very fortunate in this area. Over here, I'm blessed, but not here. No, 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 that's because you accepted a belief that came from the enemy or maybe from a misguided Christian that said this about you. Or maybe if you're a sibling, one of your brothers and sisters said, yeah, you've always been that way, and you accepted it. And now it multiplies in your life. And you're still insecure. You're still not a leader. Still not doing because you believe what they said. I want to believe what God's word says about me. Because that will reigns. God's will will reign in America if we would just wake up and stand in faith. It would reign in America once again. We can't sit back and just say, well, it's end times. No, it's time to end it. It's time to end woke. It's time to end this. Time to end it. I don't like to get political, but there's a point here where the church is creating persecution in our life simply because we're not using our faith. All these authorities, the name of Jesus is above them. We are the very source that is keeping the Antichrist from being manifested. Once you take the church out of here, you take the Holy Spirit out of here. That's why it's the worst seven years in history. But we're still here. Last time I checked, the Holy Ghost is still healing. Last time I checked, the Holy Ghost is still restoring marriages. Last time I checked, he's still doing what he does in his life. And don't buy into universalism. The reality is the Word of God makes it very clear. God will not force people to go to heaven, which means God won't keep you in heaven without your will. You're going to have to stand in faith and believe God and hold fast to the word of God. God ain't going to, well, I'm dragging you to heaven, heaven, praise God. No, I want to take drugs. I want to fornicate. No, no, it's not the way it works. You got to have a willingness. Amen? Turn to somebody right now and say, I'm so glad you're here tonight to hear this. Amen. Now, I would say this about the Word of God, and I love this, and I love the Holy Spirit, is God uses His Word to influence us. He won't make us do anything. That's why the Bible says in Philippians 2.13, for it is God who is a work in you, both to will and to do His good pleasure. So, the, so God is a lot like a woman in a marriage. How many of you know one of the greatest forces 
that a woman has in a marriage is her influence. Isn't that right? Now, all you guys are going to be quiet because you're wise men. But it's a woman's influence. But even though she influenced me in a great way, she still can't control me. She can influence me and hope that maybe I'll do what she wants me to do, but all she can do is influence me. She can't make me eat rabbit food all the time. She tries, but she can't make me do it. And she can't make me wear certain clothes that I don't want to wear. Even though maybe it might look better if she's dressing me, I guess, praise God. And, and the, but God is like that too. He influences us, wants us to make the best decisions, and wants us to embrace his will, but he won't force it upon you. He'll never strip you of it. Now this brings me to this point, and that is this. Many people here tonight, you get overwhelmed. I've got overwhelmed. But here's why people get overwhelmed. Something happens in your life. And all of a sudden you hear these voices and people say things to you. And if you're not careful, you are going to embrace a negative belief. And you'll say, maybe it's never my time to receive what I felt God wanted me to. And as soon as you accept that negative belief and you release it, more overwhelming depression comes on you. And then every time you're reminded yourself of that belief, more negativity comes in your life. It's, it's like, okay, this negative belief, every time I talk about it, every time I, I speak about it, I become more and more depressed because it's a negative belief. If you're getting overwhelmed by depression, and joylessness and a lack of peace, you got to run back to God and say, Lord, there's got to be something wrong here. I'm not believing quite right. And get back in the Word because that belief, it, everything produces after its own kind. And this is what Jesus meant when he said concerning moving mountains. He said, Whoever will say unto this mountain, be plucked up and can the sea, if he doubts not in his heart, believe the words that he says, he will have. Whatever he says. Now, he's talking about using your faith in a positive way to remove a mountain, right? But when you do that, you, you, you have to have a conviction that what you're saying is, in fact, going to work. But look at it from the other side. The same thing happens when you believe something that isn't true, I can't do it, I've tried to do it, I just can't do it. You are doing the exact same thing in a negative way, which means this. Now, instead of one mountain to move, your belief adds another mountain until eventually you got a mountain range that never would have been there if you hadn't continually said, I can't, I can't. I can't, I can't, I've tried, but I can't. Now you got the Rocky Mountains. What you got to do is go back and say, Lord, I'm overwhelmed. I shouldn't be overwhelmed. 
This is why the Bible tells us to do something when that happens. It says, put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. In other words, that's something that you need to do. And if you do that, that spirit of heaviness will lift because you're embracing a different kind of belief. Praise is praising God for what he's done. It's thanking God for the victory. It's thanking God. It's, it's, it's releasing a different kind of belief. James says, count it all joy when you fall into trials. Uh, Paul said, give thanks in everything. And you're not gratitude. You don't have any gratitude unless you've received something from God. So you thank God that he's there with you. You thank God that you're more than a conqueror. You thank God you can do all things through Christ. <laughs> Woo, man. Why don't you stand up on your feet if you would right now. I want you to see that. It was like the prophetic word I gave in the beginning with tongues interpretation. There are beliefs that we have embraced that are negative beliefs that we are multiplying our problems with those negative beliefs. And we don't even realize we're saying what we say. Now, if you're married to someone, you have the inside opportunity to correct them. In love. And guys, when I say in love, I mean in love. You just correct your wife and say, baby, 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 listen. You know, that's not true. You can do all things through Christ. You know, that's not true. It's not the end of your life. Baby, you know that's not true. And you, and you can put the word back in. Or with a husband. Oh, honey, you can get another job. There's plenty of jobs out there. God can create a, a new job, create a new company. God can, you see what I'm saying? Because it's that negative beliefs that multiply in our lives and create more mountains than we should have. Christians should not be overwhelmed. I said they should be overwhelmed, but we all have. I'm telling you how to get back from it. This is how you get back from it. Is that that point? 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. It says, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. It didn't say cast 90% or 98%. All of them. 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 Why? Because God's word won't work if you have a belief in a fear. A fear you're not going to find a job. A fear you're not going to get healed. A fear your wife's going to leave you. A fear your kids are going to get on drugs. I don't care what fear it is. It's fear. It's fear. It's fear. And that belief will multiply in your life if you don't check it. So he says, cast it all on the Lord. Every fear in your life. Don't say it's not here yet. Don't say your healing's not here yet. Don't say your provision's not here yet. Don't say the restoration is not here yet. Don't say it's not here, it's here. Faith is now. It's not down the road, it's now. Faith isn't hope. It's now I'm healed. Now I can do it. Now I can be restored. Now I can reach high places. Now, oh man, I, I'm really getting excited right now. Do you see this? Don't allow the, your, your, your mind to go haywire and you miss out on what God has for you. The Bible says that the word of God is medicine. It's medicine. 
But it won't work unless you possess it. You've got to receive it. Now, I'm not telling you not to go to the doctor. I'm just saying that healing scriptures are medicine. You read and you receive them and say, I possess this now. I possess this truth. I possess this belief. Anything that you possess, God will manifest. If you possess success, it'll manifest. If you possess... Oh. Woo! If you possess, possess, possess it, it'll manifest in your life. Restoration will manifest in your life. Joy will manifest in your life. Peace will manifest in your life. You just have to possess it right now. Right now. Now, I'm going to show you something, and we'll close with this. You remember what uh, David said in the Psalms? He says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He didn't say it would follow him just on his birthday or just on his anniversary. No, it would follow him all the days of his life. You have to get to a place where you say things like this. Favor always follows me. Healing always follows me. Restoration always follows me. Strength of God always follows me. You, you got to get to a place where you, you have these beliefs that are more than just a belief. They are a conviction. I'm fully persuaded that I am able to do this. I'm fully persuaded that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And when you do that, it's beautiful. And, and here's what will happen. When you develop this belief that opportunities are always following you, you know what's going to happen? You're going to notice them. And you're going to take them when other people had the same opportunity to come by them, but they didn't see it. They were blind to it. Ever buy a new car, and then you get in the road, you're in the road, and you start noticing everybody got the same car? That's because you possess the car. When you possess healing, you're going to notice everything you need to get delivered. You're going to notice everything you need for a breakthrough. When you receive that restoration in your family, you're going to be attracted to whatever you need to make that marriage better. And you're going to, it's just like a magnet. You're like this magnet drawing this in when you possess it. But if you let go of that possession, you're going to lose it. Praise God. I want you to leave this service and say, favor always follows me. Opportunities always follow me. Deliverance always follows me. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river and we're doing life together. 